Where are you, men of courage? From Sherwood Pictures and the Kendrick Brothers comes Courageous Legacy. I want to know what God expects of me. I don't feel like I started well. I want to finish well. Celebrating 10 years of impact on fathers and families. Now remastered in 4K, including a new ending and bonus scenes. I believe every father should step up and answer the call and say, I will. I will. Courageous Legacy. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. In theater September 24th. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Moms Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions. From homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone, welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with another episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today we are going to talk about classroom creativity, of course, in the homeschool. This is episode 448, and you can find today's show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Well, you know, creativity is more than just arts and crafts, yet with so many subjects we have to cover, classroom creativity can probably be the last thing you as a parent think is important, right? And it's probably on your list like never. So how are we going to instill creativity in our children when we have a lack of it? in so many different ways. We are going to talk about that today with my special guest that I will bring on in just a minute. But first, I want to thank my sponsor, Courageous, the movie. After 10 years, the feature film Courageous, which has changed so many lives for the better, is back. And this time, as Courageous Legacy, this movie has been remastered and it includes a new ending as well as some bonus scenes. If you missed it first time out, you're going to want to catch this version. I saw the original movie, and it's another wonderful Kendrick's Brother production. You can find more information at CourageousTheMovie.com. Well, today we're going to focus on the topic of creativity, and my guest is full of creativity if his books are any indication. I want to introduce you to Chad Stewart, also known to his readers as C.R. Stewart, the author of what is soon going to be a series of books that you're going to want to collect for your home library. Chad, welcome. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Yeah, I am too. And the the series is the Britfield series, and you're going to be sharing some great information about creativity with the listeners today. But first, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started into this venture. Yeah, I'll give a quick overview. I'm uh, originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east in New England, uh, Wells in Massachusetts, to be exact, for 16 years. I was there for undergraduate graduate work. Uh, I was a double major, uh, British literature and European history, and then went on for my uh, MBA and some grad work. And uh, eventually got into banking and finance, which is interesting. And so I was working <laughs> at, a, at a bank, and then I was working at a couple investment firms. And, and it was uh, about 11 years ago when I was down for a weekend uh, seminar. And it was extremely boring. And I started to drift and I started to doodle. So I simply doodled a, a circle, three lines, a basket, a boy and a girl. And I wrote the boy in the balloon. And that was it. Simple doodle. And for some reason, that idea just sparked my creativity. And I went home that week, uh, weekend 
And literally just on one piece of paper, I just started to see this whole story come together and I started to outline it with just bullet points. And it was about Tom and Sarah. They were a 12 year old, two orphans. Uh, it takes place in present time England and it starts up in Yorkshire, Northern England at Weatherly Orphanage, this terrible, horrible place. And Tom's been an orphan his whole life. And uh, he's been at Weatherly for six years and this is the year that he vows to escape, but he's not going anywhere without his best friend, Sarah. And somewhere along the lines, they commandeer a hot air balloon, but they're chased by the illustrious Detective Gowerstone. And that was kind of the gist of the story. And I thought, gosh, that sounds like a lot of fun. I, I, I was a British literature major. I lived in England off and on for two years, traveled the country extensively. So I knew it well and I love England. And I wanted to share that love and that passion for England with my reading audience. And so I sat down and started to write it and had no idea, had no idea how long it would take. Um, I do come at it from a writing background. I used to write movie scripts and I was writing a lot of nonfiction books, but I never wrote a novel and had no idea about young adult novels. And uh, lo and behold, four years and 2,500 hours later, uh, <laughs> I, had, I had produced book one, Britfield and the Lost Crown. And it was around that time that I started to see this thing as a series. Um, I didn't at the time. You know, some authors, they see the three books or the five books, they see the end. Right. They know how each story is going to go. I, I really just kind of took it one book at a time. But I thought, you know, I've got really a great story here. And I feel like even just book one is this wonderful introduction into this, this uh, royal mystery and what is Britfield. And uh, so really from, um, from the concept to officially launching nationally in uh, August 2019, it took over 10 years, 10 years of hard work, patience, dedication, uh, putting together the right team, putting together an extensive business plan, marketing plan. I mean, for us, this was a huge and massive endeavor, but it was also a long game, uh, something that was going to consume the next uh, really quarter quarter of a century of my life. And uh, it was going to be seven books, seven movies. And so uh, we released in August 2019 with great success and uh, became a, a relative, I was going to say instant, but a bestseller and uh, have sold that one. We have now sold more books than I think something like 97% of all published books will sell in a lifetime. Wow. Uh, and that's, that's over, I think 50 or hundred million books. So uh, it's one of the most awarded books in uh, children's fiction. And we actually, one of my favorite awards is uh, parents choice gold medal and mom's choice gold medal. So that's for all your moms out there. So it's just, right. um, it's been, yeah, it's been amazing. The feedback has been amazing um, across the nation from, from children, from parents, from teachers, from librarians. Our youngest reader has been seven. Our oldest reader has been 93. And we've had a lot of 12 year olds that have read the entire 370, 74 pages, I'm sorry, 384 pages in, in five hours, which to me is always the greatest compliment, you know, that they can sit down and literally just finish it. And um, it's just been, it's been a whirlwind and it's been amazing. We kicked off a, a national school tour back in uh, 2019. We ended up driving 9,000 miles. We visited 23 states. We presented at over 180 schools to more than, uh, or around 40,000 students. And this was uh, everything, public, private, Christian, Catholic, homeschool. Um, homeschool groups. We were on a homeschool farm in Carson, Nevada. We were at one of the top, <laughs> top prep schools uh, in LA where all the movie stars go in front of over 400 students with a movie-sized screen behind me. Really liked that. And, uh, and got all the way to New Orleans, um, uh, Louisiana, all the way up to uh, through Mississippi and all the way up to Memphis, Tennessee. So, uh, and, and unfortunately, we were going to continue with the tour, but it was in 2020, <clears throat> March, right. that we had to... Uh, stop it. And so since then, we've actually kicked off last year, we kicked off our virtual author visit. And, uh, and that's good. been fun. That's been, that's yeah. been great. Yeah, we, we, you know, we were able to reach out to um, Indiana, Florida, 
Georgia, and we're now going abroad. We've actually got a school booked in uh, England and some others coming up. So, so it's been amazing. So it's a seven book series. It'll be seven movies. Uh, we're in the development stage of the first movie. So if we have time, we can talk about that. We launched sure. uh, Britfield and the Rise of the Lion uh, last uh, this year, uh, July 4th, kind of patriotic. And that takes place in France. And then um, the rest of the books, book three, which I'm just finishing now, uh, is called Britfield and the Return of the Prince. That'll take place in Italy. And then book four will take place in Eastern Europe and Russia. Book five is in Asia and China. Book six is in South America. And then book seven will come back to the United States. And in each book, Tom and Sarah grow by one year. And so it's kind of, it's really wonderful. And I know you can relate to this better than anyone that from 12 to 13 is like a decade. And from 12 to 12 to, to 14 is like two decades because right. it's very different at that age. And so as an author, it's a lot of fun because as they grow, they mature and they're more challenged and they take on more responsibility. And so now with book three, which I'm so excited about, and they're in Italy, um, they're a lot more independent, they're a lot more mature, and that's a lot of fun. So it's kind of a, a quick overview of this uh, massive program. We also have the 83-page uh, study guide. Right. Um, and and it's perfect. Per, yeah, perfect for teachers, perfect for homeschoolers. Um, you can actually teach it chapter by chapter. Um at school or in the classroom. And so, um, and you'll have still, these yeah. with each of the books that come out, the study guide. We will. Yeah. We're still yeah. developing book two. So it's like we, we launched the, uh, the ebook and the paperback and then we'll have the hardcover for Christmas and hopefully the audio, um, uh, for book two and then the study guide. So all those things just kind of take, take some time. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was going to say you're too busy to, to sit and write because sometimes that's what you have to, you know, someone say, yeah, how did, I, how did, how did you ever write? And I said, you put glue on the seat and you don't move, oh, yeah. you know, it's hard. You, you write one page at a time and one hour at a time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Give yourself a deadline and tell yourself you can't I move. Know. So uh, I know, and it's, it's difficult too. Well, um, lots of great information here. And, you know, as I was sharing with you before we went live that, you know, I was, I was talking to my grandkids about this. I read book one and I'm in the middle of book two and really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I, I think when I was looking back, I had about uh, six or seven emails from your company asking for an interview. And I never do interviews unless I actually read the book, which means I have to have sure. time to read the book. And so, um, you know, I was a little bit more cautious because I'm cautious with my audience. And I, you know, thank you guys for being with me all these years. So many of you have been since the beginning. And so I was sharing with my grandkids, they were over this weekend. And I said, you know what, there's like nonstop adventure and edge of your seat. And these kids can't get a break. And they're like, Grandma, that's what we like. And then, then I, I turn around and the books are gone. I have them on ebooks. So, um, uh, you know, it's a good thing I can finish book two. But it's, it's really a great thing, because now we'll be able to talk about it. And then a lot of times, you know, parents will use these as read aloud. So you're going to be really encouraged, uh, friends, as you're listening and, and reading these books, because sometimes, and I think I, I had to, I sent you a couple of questions that you um, answered, you know, because I didn't want, um, I, I don't like personally to read books that have a lot of undertones and things, but what you will find is it's good, clean fun, and also that the kids are going to learn a ton. I've never been um, to England, but I felt felt like I was there. You were in some really fun places that the kids could, um, you know, talk about, and you you lived it with them. So the scenery is great, and and uh, it's going to be a lot. It's almost like the kids are going on a world tour as they're yes. as they're yeah. going through this. This is what I'm seeing, you know, maps and everything. Plus the book contains maps, so that's great too. 
Well, you are going to share your love of creativity and how important that is um, for kids just in general. Um, my listeners know that I have, I harp on this on occasion and, and you guys know this, but I always talk about giving your kids time to think. Sometimes we're so yes. focused on, okay, we've got to get in college out of my five, three went to college, you know, and did great, um, you know, lots of awards and a couple of uh, sports kids who still got academic scholarships. So uh, what is something that you feel is key um, on the topic of creativity? Yeah, it's, and it's a broad subject. And uh, I've been right. fascinated with creativity for, for over the last decade and started to do quite a bit of research into it. And I have found that number one, as a nation, United States and even globally, that we are we are in a creativity crisis and have been for the last 20 years. And we can get into that with some stats if, if you want to, uh, which kind of was confounding to me. And um, and I think that this whole thing was really kicked off by watching this TED Talk by Sir Ken Robinson. It's a 2006 TED Talk. And it says, the title of it is, um, are, are Schools Killing Creativity? And I thought, wow. And, um, and I loved it. It's just an 18 minute TED talk. And this guy knocks it out of the park and he hits home and he resonates with everyone. And I thought what's so fascinating about that particular TED talk is that they've had thousands of, of TED talks um, throughout, I guess, the last 20 years. And we're talking best selling directors, actors, uh, authors, you name it. And, and Sir Ken Robinson, 2006 TED talk was the most uh, downloaded and shared TED talk in their history. And you have to ask yourself why. And, uh, and that's what really kicked all this off and, and the importance of creativity and how that is being really moved out of the classroom. And where on the other side of it, all my research and stats, this is you know, globally, is that creativity right now is the single most important subject, skill, and topic of this, of this decade, of this generation, and, and of this year. Um, just to give you some, some examples, uh, I think it was 2019 to 20 uh, on LinkedIn, creativity was the most desired skill set. Creative applicants are preferred five to one at wow. a lot of the tech, at a lot of the tech. And this is across the board. Wow. Um, it's amazing. not, I mean, it's, it's in, it's in all the different fields. Um, people that play music or musical instrument, uh, especially at the tech companies are preferred 10 to one. Because wow. they know they know creative applicants and people that that uh, have a creative background, especially like in music, are better leaders, uh, better at brainstorming, um, better under crisis, can think outside the box. They're the type of people that you want as leaders at your company. So you could have this whole accounting, engineering, mathematics background. That's great. I can I can put you at a seat, plug you in, and you'll do what you're told. But you won't be inventing um, products. You won't be leading you know leading us out of a crisis. You won't be coming up. And they're and they're calmer. And that's what I was saying. They handle crisis better. And so just I mean, stat after stat after stat. And part of this this information is is based on, you know, uh, Harvard Business School journals, um, science journals. Um, Adobe did a massive um, uh, survey, which we have tons of this information on our Britfield Institute website about creativity. So it's like it's coming from all the top resources. And it's so funny. So everyone is admitting out there and it's kind of scattered. It's starting to pick up, but it's like you find these unbelievable articles out there about the importance of creativity or how we're in a creativity crisis and how it's so important to bring creativity back into the classroom. So important for college students to have a creative background across the board, no matter what field you're in. And yet it's like, you know, it's like one or two of these articles a year. <laughs> it's just right. like so I what's, saw. Yeah, yeah. What's the solution, I've, right? They, yeah, everybody's yeah. really good at pointing out the problems, but not the solution. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And so that's kind of been my passion 
with the book and the book series. On one side, you have, you know, Britfield Lost Crown, you have the seven books, the movies, the merchandise, the sort of world tour. On the other side, you have the Britfield Institute, which is our nonprofit. And that's really just to bring creativity back into the classroom, focused mostly on Title I schools. Our site has a ton of free research um, and, and um, resources right. for teachers. So there's nothing, it's not anything in it for us. It's not like we're trying to raise money from it. It's, it's what we're doing. It's what we're, we're giving back. We're giving back to the teachers, we're giving it back to the classrooms, back to the children. We have workshops. We have writing workshops, entrepreneurial workshops, marketing uh, workshops, all these different things and programs that we're implementing now and rolling out over the next, you know, three to five to 10 years. And so, you know, our goal is really, you want to change education, you do that. You do it one student at a time. You do it one classroom at a time. You do it one school at a time. And, you know, and we're not alone. There's, uh, there's, there's programs out there. There's other people that are, that are, that get this, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, steam, steam went, went from steam to STEM where they brought in the arts. Um, I know in North Carolina, um, there's a district out there that's bringing the four C's back to the classroom, which is creativity, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. And, and, you know, this, we're, we're, at, we're at the forefront of this. We are in a crisis. And, um, and if this isn't solved, I mean, it's like, we'll be a third, <laughs> we'll be a third world in the next five to 10 years. And I'm not saying that joking because creativity is the most important skill. Creativity is at the core of everything that you do. All those other pursuits are noble, whether it be law or teaching or all those things, but you have to have that creative background, that creative spark. And we're all born creative. A lot of us don't feel it. And I think creativity gets educated out of us. And if you have time, when we get into the stats, I can share some of the really interesting stats that caught my eye about what happens through the process of education in school. Right. So, you know, because our focus is homeschoolers and a lot of us uh, feel pressure because as I used to joke with my kids when they would say, do I have to? And I'd say, look, I can't blame your teacher because I am your teacher. So the buck stops here. And so we want to be able to cover some of the things uh, that are important that they have to have, if you will, because a lot of us um, live in states where they have some requirements. You know, I'm in Florida, so we have a little bit more flexibility, but still. Um, So, you know, we can make sure that our kids are exposed and, you know, as I say, give them time to think, um, have time to to delve into some of these things um, where they may not have as much of a chance in a traditional classroom setting. Um, so, yeah. And so I was on your website and, and he does have on that Britfield Institute, it's.org. Um, you know, Chad has a lot of, uh, things. There's a lot of resources on there and there's a book you can download, um, that has some creativity, um, information in there for you. And also his website is Britfield and that's with one T B R I T F I E L D.com. And there is an official Britfield uh, Facebook page um, that has information uh, such as some of the classes that they have coming up. Uh, so that are some, those are some things that you can uh, look at uh, with your family and see what you can do. And I think that's my biggest question here is, okay, so, you know, we can see, you know, without going into all the stats, but we can see that there is a real need and there is a crisis in education. But how do we um, get from point A to point B, um, especially let's say when we're looking at college entrance and we're looking at SATs and SAT or ACTs and SATs, sure. um, you know, we want our kids to do well. And, you know, there's there's programs out there. One of my podcasters, uh, College Prep Genius, give 
uh, Gene a shout out. Uh, she has a great class that, um, you know, takes kids through that. But, you know, how do we include creativity ideas, if you will, um, you know, in our homeschool, especially if our kids tend to not be, um, you know, it's not something that makes them tick. Yes, absolutely. And it's great, too, to be talking to, to your audience, which is, which is specifically a homeschool audience. So you're, you're already like way ahead of it. In fact, I was doing an interview yesterday saying that um, I find I actually find homeschool kids to be the most well-rounded, well-educated um, children, students um, or adults out there now. Um, of this generation. Oh, thank you. Had a lot, I mean, I that, honestly, <laughs> yeah. And it's, um, and it's for a lot of reasons. I find that they're, um, um, they're, they're grounded. Um, they listen very well. They're, um, they're, they're good communicators. Uh, they're inquisitive. Uh, and they just have, they just generally have leadership qualities. And I have seen this um, firsthand anywhere from a 10 year old to uh, to a 20 year old. And um, so, yeah, so I think, I think starting at a young age is, is fantastic. And creativity can be very simple about um, it's, it's two things really. And, and one is, is, is it's environment and opportunity because especially the younger the child is, especially around 10 to 12, that's such a vulnerable age, but it's such an extraordinary age where they're, um, they're so eager to learn and, and their mind is ticking and they're not afraid to, they're not afraid to do anything and they're not afraid to ask questions. And so by providing as much opportunity as you can, and again, too, I'm, none of this has to do with money. You're like, oh, well, real, things are tight or we don't have the money. There, there are so many different resources online at the library, things you can do. I think when a child has an interest, whether it's building or building blocks, painting, coloring, you get them coloring crowns, you get them, uh, you get them paper, you get them the paints. And, and if they burn out of it after, you know, a, a month, that's fine. You know what I mean? And, and on to the next thing. What you want to do is you want to be giving them opportunities so they can start to see and feel exactly what it is that they want to do. If, they, if they're if they fascinated with the ocean, take them to the beach if you're close by uh, or a lake. You know what I mean? If they love exploring, mm -hmm. take them out hiking in the local hills. It's not hard to do. Um, if they're really interested in, in architecture, take them down to the city and start walking the, the, the streets with them, you know, um, you know, an hour, an hour a week or an hour a month and start examining the buildings or find, or get a, get a, get a local, um, uh, you know, uh, book, you know, on, on, on the architecture. I'm obviously thinking of Chicago because it's kind of grand or New York, but I'm just saying, even if it's a small hometown, I mean, whatever it is or, or get out of it. I mean, most, most people or most homeschoolers are within two to three hours of a major city if not in a city or not on the outskirts of mm -hmm. it. And right. what I'm saying, what I'm saying about all of this is, is it's about environment. It's about experience. It's about touching and feeling and hearing and smelling, taking them out for a picnic once a week to a different place, taking them down to the beach, taking them sailing, taking them to the museum, taking them to here, taking them to there. Those are some of the things that you, 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 you must do. It's, it's not a question of you will do, you must do these things. You must give them as much of this opportunity to experience things. And I'll give you some examples in a minute. Um, other things are like the creative exercises. And yes, our, our website, we have 33 creative exercises. Um, it's an ebook free. You can download it. That, that gets, uh, that gets the, the engine going. Do it, do a creative exercise once a week, once a month. Uh, we have, um, uh, I think it's 11 or 13 creative games that you can start playing with your kids, depending on the rage. One of the most favorite things that I absolutely love to do, and I've done this so many times um, at some of the schools that I've been to, is um, is we do a writing exercise. And uh, of course, they're not graded on this. And it's and I get them up. And this is obviously for more of a, a classroom, but you could do this at home. And uh, the premise is, is that you know we've we've been tasked. Uh, we have a we have a budget, film budget. We've been tasked to write a movie. 
and we need to come up with the movie and we need to write the script, if you will, the story. What's the general story? And so um, in a classroom, I'll start knocking it around. What are some ideas? What, what do you think would be a, a, fun, a fun idea to make as a movie? Uh, romantic comedy? Do we do a history? And you start talking. And so all of a sudden, you've got a classroom or a group of kids engaged and they're thinking and there's no wrong answers. And what are they doing? They're collaborating. What are they doing? They're critical thinking. Uh, what are they doing? They're communicating. So you're hitting all four C's within a simple exercise within five minutes and their brain's firing. And you're like, okay, okay, so, so we're going to do an action adventure. Great. So where does it take place? And I have a, a real simple uh, one page outline of sort of a typical movie structure. And it's like, it's like um, uh, the beginning scenes and then it's the inciting incident and it's plot point one, meaning something happens. It's the midpoint right in the middle of your story and then plot point two. So it's really simple. And I'll spend about 45 minutes or an hour. And I was at one, um, one, one school uh, classroom. And it's really interesting, too. It was great. I think it was a charter school. And I think it was like 11 to 14. So it was a really nice variety of, of background and ages. And we got about halfway through it when I had to go. It's like about an hour. And, and, but it was fun. And it's not about necessarily finishing it. Although if you're a homeschooler, you could actually finish it. Right. What if you were to write a new story um, every other month? Um, with your with your with your with your kids or with your child, um, mm -hmm. and fun. and and it, yeah, and again too, you don't have to write all the dialogue, you know what I mean, um, or anything. You can just start to outline it, or you can just start to write the scenes. And what you're doing is you're just getting them to think um, creatively, and right. they're, commu they're they're thinking critically. They, and you can ask them questions. Well, if they're if they're there, what time of the year of it? Because if it's, if you're doing a summer trip in Colorado and it's in the summer versus the winter, it's going to be very different, right? Snow, snowstorms, slipping, ice cold. And so it's just you're getting them to think and you're getting them to just come up with ideas and you're getting them used to asking questions and collaborating and communicating. So that's just I'm giving you that as an example, but that's one exercise that I absolutely love to do or um, come up with a product. Is there something you can think of that, that uh, needs to be done? If, if you were to if you were to create any product, what would it be or what what's needed out there? And, and then start working on it. And again, too, it doesn't have to have an end goal. You don't actually have to produce the product. You don't have to finish the story. You don't have to finish the, the, the movie script or the book, um, it's great if you can. And it can be an ongoing project. It's like, hey, this, this, this semester, I, we're writing a, a novel or writing a, an, an action adventure novel with my kids or writing a movie, mm -hmm. um, a romantic comedy or a drama, you know, or, or a historical drama with my kids. Why not? How fantastic is that? And it's just like, I can, I can guarantee you, they will get more out of that one exercise than they will uh, out of practically everything that you're doing and teaching, whether it's the languages, whether it's the, the, the mathematics, whether it's all the requirements. Okay, that's fine. That's the foundation. Some of them you have to do. Most of them, you know, you don't have to or are irrelevant. But the one thing that they will get the most out of, that they'll have the most fun and that will actually benefit them the most will be these kind of creative exercises. This is guaranteed. Have you so. been looking in, into our home? <laughs> every, because I, I wrote every <laughs> because I wrote every one of my kids wrote, and so I wrote some nonfiction. And then my daughter um, was twelve, and she decided she was going to write a book. And then she decided we were going to write a book, and it was a novel that she had an idea for. And I said to her, "You know, Christina, I don't know." Um, how to write a novel. And she was like, mom, we're homeschoolers. We can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, so, so that Love was it. back when I had two kids and she is now a mom of eight and, uh, and has, uh, these are the grandkids that were over in, I have the boys over one, one day and then they go home and the girls come over the next day. And it's a little bit calmer with the girls, but, um, cause they're, they're in their teens, but, we have such a good time and they were telling me books that they write. So part of it is they're seeing what we're doing, right? 
So, yes. you know, parents will always say, well, how, how are your kids, you know, doing whatever? And I said, it's because, you know, I'm doing it. You know, they, yes. I was, I w needed some quiet time one time. They were, you know, buck stops here, they're home all the time. So I started reading my Bible in the mornings and then all of a sudden I look and they're reading their Bibles. I'm like, what? Mm. I didn't tell them to do that. You know, it's characters caught, not taught. The other um, thing I noticed um, when you were talking about some of the, the exercises and, and uh, th that you were sharing with us is that when children are afraid, um, and I think that's one of the keys to homeschooling is our kids are fearless. In a way, it's really a good thing. And sometimes it is not. Sure. Uh, for example, um, my, my kids weren't afraid to make mistakes. And when I first started homeschooling, I had the teacher mentality because I tell parents, I said, if you've never had any educational background, you'll be a better homeschool parent because sometimes we try to create the, the school in the home. And I remember being in this huge group of kids, you know, it was a homeschool activity. We we're at the fire station and the police mm. were there too. I don't remember exactly why we had the policemen wow. and the firemen. But my son, who had a little bit of a speech impediment, is raising his hand, and I kept gently pulling his hand down, like, no, you don't want to ask a question with, like, 200 kids. And he was, yeah. like, really insistent and held his hand up. And I think he – I still remember to this day, he's he's almost uh, 40 now, but he was five at the time. This was how traumatic it was in my life. But he asked mm -hmm. the cop, he said um, – Hey, if you're a policeman, can you give another policeman a ticket if he's speeding? You know, I'm thinking, <laughs> that's what everybody needs to know, right? That's awesome. And, and of course, everybody kind of laughed. And he's like looking at everybody kind of like, you know, it came out clear. So the guy understood. And he goes, yeah. you know, it's a great question. Never been asked that. My son looked at me. Love like it. So, you know, that was one of the things that I noted early on in our homeschool journey that they weren't afraid because there's no dumb questions in home, you know, at no. the home, they they'll ask things and we don't just say, oh my gosh, you're wasting time. My kids learned not to ask me a lot of questions because we'd go on a lot of different segues and, mm -hmm. um, and, and so they told me school took longer, you know, but I'm, I'm a student and I love to learn and my kids got that as well. You know, they love learning. So one of the things I want to say to the parents, you know, um, this is something that is important. I know we're freaked out. You know, the kids get evaluated or take standardized tests um, at the end of the year um, for the, even though I had some bright, bright kids, I had some that struggled. We always did. And if your, your area allows for it, we always did evaluations the reason was there wasn't that pressure at the end of the year, the kids could be evaluated, meaning they're looking through, they're, they're pulling aside some of their best work and they have, you know, a certified teacher who looks at it, signs off, send it to the county or however you, you know, work your homeschool journey. But that allows for a lot more creativity and flexibility. If you're having to take that standardized test, you're teaching to the test, which is part of the problem with yes. educational systems, because then how, how do you rank? You know, I, I love those signs that say, you know, we're number one, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, and your, your poor kids are probably uh, stifled in education as well, because um, it's difficult. So 
you know, a lot of the things that you mentioned are wonderful. And it's something that, again, is allowing kids to experience their interests, right, Chad? I mean, that's what you're focused on here is, you know, once they're interested in something that's just going to take off, isn't it? It will. And you're planting those seeds when you're younger. And I'll, I'll give just a couple of quick examples. And one sure. is I'm, I'm, I'm continuing on my, my master's in science and PhD at uh, the Druckard School up in um, uh, Southern California. So is this your is, spare uh, time? Is that what Yeah, this is my spare time. But I, <laughs> I, I say this to say that it was very interesting. Um, I was tasked with a lot of things. It was really cool, too. I, I wrote my first case study with my professor. He's a Harvard Business School um, teacher that, that was recruited. And uh, so so obviously, you know, very, very smart. And so I got to co, co-write and co-produce this um, or publish a case study. It was actually on a, a major um, amusement park that does films. I can't tell you the name, but we started this whole and, and they're very focused on creativity. And so I was doing a lot of my research on creativity and we started to do this amazing survey of um, a lot of the alums. And, and so many of them are successful, but they're across the board as far as every industry you can imagine. And so um, you know, it, it would start with interviews and I'd, I'd you know, contact each one of them. I'd be asking him some questions and stuff. None of it was pointed. I had no idea what the end result would be, but the two top skills, actually the three top skills that across the board came up for all of um, the industries. Like what is the most important thing in your industry or for, for a manager or for a leader? Number one was creativity. Number two was um, storytelling. And number three was communication. Isn't that interesting? And, 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 and we're, yeah, and we're talking like, you know, people that were working in a recruiting place, a doctor, nonprofit. And I, I didn't point the questions. I had no idea. And, um, mm-hmm. and I say that to come back to what I was saying earlier about writing. And you're sitting there saying, well, you know, my kids don't want to be a writer. Not everyone needs to be a writer. I'm not really talking about writing. I'm talking about storytelling. And storytelling is one of the single most important skills, along with creativity, that your children will, will need and have for the rest of their life. If they're working for a marketing company, they're telling a story. If they're managing a company, then they're telling a story about the product or they're telling a story about their neck, uh, what they need to do over the semester. Mm-hmm. If you're a doctor, you're telling, you're telling your patient the story in a sense of, of you know, what, what they found out, what they need to do. But the point is, is that, that the better you can articulate the story is the difference between failure and success. And so storytelling, that thread of storytelling, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, to, um, to not exaggerate, to not um, uh, overemphasize, but to be very concise with your words, with communicating, with telling a story uh, is one of those important skills. And I want to kind of come back because people, you know, I talked a lot about writing and I'm a writer and it's like, well, of course you're thinking that's important. And I'm really what I'm talking about is storytelling, the importance of storytelling. But like if you're giving a job interview, guess what? You're telling a story about yourself and the better you, and you're, and you're up against, especially now with competition, you know, one out of 100 applicants, one out of 200 applicants, what's going to make the difference besides your background? It's you. And it's how you present yourself. And it's the story. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I don't know. But you know, and you're fumbling right, around right. versus saying, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I was born so and so. And I remember when I was six years old, I always wanted to. And it's like, you're, you're clean, you're crisp, and you're telling them a story, and you're captivating them. And that's the difference between failure and success. And so I really want to sort of emphasize that. Um, but what was your question? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that that yeah. was well. The the point I was making is oh, yeah, that yeah. your your interest you've got to get to where the kids are and their interest. And one of the things I kind of want to piggy, which you pretty much answered. But one of the things um, you talked about too was 
you know, communication. And that's really important. I think sometimes as parents, we don't want to sit there and let them tell us everything. This is why grandparents are important to, to, to mm. the story here and aunts, uncles, extended family, whatever. But um, when the kids come over, which is, you know, we're a big Italian family. So I'm interested in your book on Italy because I've been there. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but whenever, you know, everybody comes together at least once a week, you know, we'll have the big meal and everything. And um, kids are in the pool and, you know, finally everybody settles down. But at the end of the, our meal, usually the kids are hanging on my husband you know, and he's so open and, and most of the time they're, but grandpa, I want to tell you that, and he listens, he's a listener and they will tell him all kinds of things. And my other son noticed, um, he's in his twenties and he was saying, you know, dad, I can't believe you're sitting there letting him tell you this, you know, some fiction account of some, you know, movie they saw or a book they read or, and he's like, well, I find it fascinating, you know, and, and, I don't know if he really does or not, probably does. But the point is that they have someone who is going to sit there and listen to him. And I'm not kidding. He's got like two or three just hanging out and they're listening to the other person talk. And and I think that's important as well, that we as parents need to be listeners and give sure. our kids time to articulate. It's kind of hard when you're around them 24-7. You know, you may need a little bit of that quiet time. Um, but that is another important part and also allowing them the time to delve into the things that they enjoy. If they don't want to write or can't write, you know, nowadays there are so many different things that they can do. They can uh, use, you know, voice to text. Uh, you can do it on sure. an app on your phone. Um, my son, uh, the youngest now, um, who is a senior in college now, but I remember when he did the little Lego uh, stop motion videos mm. and they were hilarious. You know, he'd take <laughs> pieces and move them, you know, kind of like That's the, the so claim cool. kind yeah. of a thing. And um, I, I was a smart Alex. So I kind of dubbed it one time and he didn't think it was funny at all, but I thought oh, it was hilarious, you know, like the ones right. hitting him on the head and they're the little, you know, star Wars. He wanted to put it on YouTube and I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're killing me here. Cause all I'm thinking is copyright. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, star yeah. Wars, you know, infringement on that Disney owns them going through all of them and, you know, never yeah. mind Legos. But, um, but yeah, he worked on that forever and was really, I thought, you know, he's going to go into computer science and it's, he's kind of going into engineering, but you know, the, the point is that this was something he was interested in and he didn't care if his brother, you know, made fun of him and his sister's like, come on, we got to go play or practice or whatever. It was something that was intriguing to him. And, you know, it's, it's something that we, you know, whether we think it's, playing with Legos or whatever that is, we may think this is the biggest waste of time in our minds, right? But it isn't. The kids are allowed to explore yes. and come into their own. And then you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, it's something that is going to stay with them. And, you know, it's, it's another important uh, little skill set that they have. Because without creativity, you can't think on your feet. You can't come up oh. with those solutions. And, that's one of the things I think people miss, you know, especially in the homeschool circles, there were all of these books on critical thinking. And I remember looking at them and going, these are the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> Why would anyone, you know, and they're bestsellers, don't get me wrong, um, because parents want to just pick up something and be able to use it. 
um, without having to take any time and effort. But hopefully after listening to you today, Chad, you've inspired them uh, to take some time to encourage them to, you know, incorporate this into their homeschool. And also um, with some of your, you know, um, the information you have in your books. Uh, so if they want to buy the book, I know it's probably available everywhere, right? Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, you can go through uh, Britfield. If you go through Britfield.com, you'll actually get a signed uh, book and uh, with a bookmarker. We won't be doing that much longer because we'll be transitioning yeah, be, it off and, yeah, into something be... else. But but no, and then Amazon yeah. is, is always the best place. Um, I did want to say a couple of things. We had a couple of sure. minutes, but because it really solidifies what I was talking about. But when I was younger, um, you know, I lived in, I grew up in Crotomar, um, uh, California and, uh, or Newport beach. And it was great. I had a great childhood growing up, but I, I loved building blocks and I loved Legos and I loved, um, uh, Lincoln logs and I was given those and I had so much fun and I could sit there and entertain myself for hours. Um, and then the, we had a, we had a neighbor next door. She had this huge yard and uh, she let me build a fort. And, you know, it started with a couple of pieces of wood and then uh, scrounged a few more pieces of wood. And pretty soon it had four walls and then it was six feet high and it had a second story. And it was amazing. And so years later, by 1819, I got a job working for a major um, uh, developer and uh, was working on, on uh, big, you know, building houses. And when I was in back in New England, I uh, started an architectural firm and a building firm and did that for about eight to 10 years, which put me through college and uh, we built some amazing houses. And I'm using that as an example of from building blocks to, you know, corporation. And it was from that. Um, and there's another great example. Uh, when I was 12 years old at the elementary school, we had a writing assignment and um, or an assignment from the class. It was kind of most of our grade. And it's like we had to write a book. And it's like at 12 years old, you're like, oh, my gosh. And I think it had to be like at least 20 pages. And it's like, you, you know, how do you even start with that? But you could have pictures. Mm -hmm. And so I learned early, you write about what you know, and you write about what you love. And I love James Bond movies. And so my first official book was James Bond, Eat Your Heart Out. And I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was a 12 year old uh, spy working for the British government that was tasked with um, capturing this villain that had just escaped in Switzerland. And so here we are almost 40 years later, and I'm writing a European fast-paced adventure series called Britfield Lost Crown. And, and I, I really do account it to that. I, I didn't write that and then like, you know, after I was done thinking, oh my gosh, I want to be a novelist, but it's stuck. And the subconscious has an interesting way of keeping things that it wants, right? It does. And um, so, so anyway, this is just a couple of examples personally in my life by having that opportunity by, you know, you don't know what you, you want to do until you, you do it. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you know, like I yeah. said, maybe you're, you're like, oh, I've done that. And I was like, we've got them the, the coloring and the painting kit. And it's like, now it's up in the attic. Okay. Well, at least they know what they don't want to do. And they've had that experience. And it's just like, you know, for the sake of what, I don't know, 1500 bucks. It's like, whatever. Right. But just give them those opportunities. Um, it, anyway. it, it, no, yeah. it's so funny because it's all, of course, gives me like three more ideas. But like you were talking about your building. Um, my husband is a builder. And so sometimes things creep into the yard that uh, shouldn't be here. Or he puts <laughs> them off to the side. So it still looks really nice when I look out the front or the right. back. But yeah. um, we were studying fulcrum points and catapults and things. And we had our little science, you know, activity Fabulous. and the kids did it and it was paper. 
Well, the next thing I know, my son said, Hey mom, can I, can I build a catapult? And I said, sure. So this is the three younger ones. And so the first two were tame compared to the three younger ones, the three younger ones, you couldn't, we learned early on, you could not say, yes, you can, because you never knew what they, they would actually do it. I go out there and, you know, the youngest runs in mom, come see this. He had, I don't know, some huge piece of wood. I don't know dimensions. I would call it a two by four, but it was bigger than that. And he had this thing that I swear was going to kill them. I don't even know how, but he managed (laughs) to, we have a pond in the front too. So he managed to catapult this thing. And we, back in the day of early videos on your, we can't find that video. It must've been Uh. an old cell phone, but he built this huge contraption and he works construction with my husband. And and whenever we need, we always tease him because he always has these side projects. When we need money, we borrow it from Nick. (laughs) But uh, and then the youngest, um, one of their free time activities, uh, my the middle daughter. So it's I always have I have boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. Uh, God knew what he was doing, but not where they could room together. So Mm. so uh, Annie came running in and said, Mom, you know, this free time you give us to explore. Well, you better check Mike out. He was on the watershed in the back because we have a well system and he was jumping off and rolling like he saw that in a movie you know how you jump off the roof and you roll it wasn't that high of a roof but still and so you know he's doing this little shoulder roll thing he did not get Mm. hurt so now he is in the um going to be in the army when he graduates Mm. and just jumped out of helicopters and that was one of the things yeah so you never know you know some of this stuff The other thing, too, your inspector in book one reminded me of Sherlock Holmes. I don't know if that yeah. was intentional. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, was I, was it? Ins- I was inspired um, by two people for Detective Gowerston. It was Sherlock Holmes and James Bond. Oh, so right. He, right. He has that he, in that first entrance. He has that right. cool, crisp outfit. And he's, yeah. He looks more like a movie star. Right. right, than a, right. In a, so he's all cool and calm. Yet he's always thinking five or ten steps. Yeah. I love the Sherlock Holmes things. I thought that yeah. was fascinating. Yeah. So, I, just yeah. some of the some of the comments, you know, that he made, you know, interesting, <laughs> like you could see the wheels turning. Well, Chad, this has been delightful. Before we leave, um, I want you to share, you know, well, when is this movie coming out? And, um, you know, it's exciting that we're not only reading a book, but know that there's movies that are going to be, because, you know, a lot of times you read books and you're like, oh, they should make a movie out of this book. So, yeah, and we've heard that. The, the, I'd say about 90 to 95% of the feedback for Britfield Lost Crown, um, un, un um, elicited, but just feedback is, is like, it reads like a movie. I thought it was in a movie. It was so funny. I was doing a, uh, a podcast with this, uh, a 12 year old girl. It was so cool. I was at their school and the mom says, Hey, my little girl has a, uh, has a podcast. Would you be on it? It's only like, oh, it's like five minutes. And I'm like, abs- I'm like, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> absolutely. And it's so funny. I mean, she's knocking it out of the park. She's got like, um, like a thousand subscribers. <laughs> That's more than funny, most, right? but, um, so I was on there and she, and she, it was so funny, but she was saying, um, uh, I was re- I remember when I was reading book one and my mom called me into the room and, and then she said to her mom, she goes, okay, well, I've got to get back to the movie. And she goes, I mean the book. And so it was really cool. But, um, yeah, so we're in the development stages now. I'm very excited. I'm meeting with, um, one of the producers to, uh, Saturday, uh, to go over, uh, what would be called a web deck. And it's, as we're sort of putting things together as far as potential directors, um, uh, actors and, um, and a lot of the information of a movie. So if all goes well, we would be in pre-production uh, a spring of next year. And then um, actual production, the filming of it uh, next fall. So like almost this time next year, uh, ideally in England. And I'm hoping that we can do at least uh, you know 60 to 80% of the filming in England. 
um, and then probably some some other filming in Eastern Europe. It's kind of how films are done. Uh, but I would love that it would be exclusively in England. So we'll see. And then if all goes well, it will be released in the um, summer, if not the um, winter of 2023. It's really uh, it's really a Christmas movie because um, book one takes place in December and, mm-hmm. and it, it ends at, on, at Christmas, which is right. great. If you remember, if you remember Dover. Yeah. And the, and yeah. The, and the, yeah. And, and, and it really is that type of um, family family movie, that family Christmas movie. So I think that would be realistic. It's almost two years from now that it would be released in theaters. Um, we're anticipating that it will actually be one of the most successful films in cinematic history for a lot of, a lot of reasons, um, just from research analytics, um, gauging the market. I mean, right now you're dealing with a market that is starving for good content. Oh, it star- is. Yeah, That's, they're starving yeah. for family-friendly. They're sick and tired of the agendas. They're sick right. and tired of the compromises, the demigods, the witchcraft, all this other right. crap. And um, and Redfield has none of it. You know what I mean? It's a straight shooter, and uh, and it's just a great story. So. And it's very engaging. You know, um, usually some of the, the these assignments I give myself, if, especially if I'm doing an interview or laborious. But it was really a fun read. I had a excuse to sit and sit out by the pool and read I love it. <laughs> with nice. the fan on because it is warm out there. But uh, right. But yeah. oh gosh. Well, friend, uh, it was wonderful getting to know you, getting to hear your heart, and hopefully, some at some point you'll come back when you've got, um, you know, maybe a movie uh, completed. That would be fun to hear about, you know, some of the behind the scenes and what went on. Can't How, wait for that. Yeah, yeah, can't wait for that. Yeah. How involved are you going to be? I mean, it sounds like you you uh, probably have a spreadsheet with every second of your time occupied. <laughs> Do you have time to just, or is this fun? for you no and it's and this is it's it's kind of always been the big picture um mm-hmm. the, the movie and the film and, and part of it is because it's just it's really it's really like written as you said you read it and, and it's visual and it, you right. feel like you're there and a lot of that's not by accident and again too i i came at it from a script background so i, I was used to to structuring things for a movie and and so when i when and that's how these books are structured in many ways uh with your plot points your midpoint the action the way the scenes flow and they read but um, my involvement will be—I'll uh, be semi-involved. I've got—I've got a team that's going to be um, uh, handling the aspects of it, which is really the overview. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be a major—it'll be produced by a major studio, and so they, they'll handle quite a bit of it. But with that said, um, we'll, we'll have—we'll have some say and some—I mean, we'll have all the say we want to until. Until, you know, until it's signed off, if you will. Right, right. But, um, but no, it, 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 it won't have much involvement. I'll be involved as, as one of the script writers, but I won't be the script writer. I don't want to. Um, because there's you have some, to finish some other books here. Before. That too. <laughs> but there's, there's phenomenal, there's phenomenal script writers out there that do this for a living every day. Right, and so, right. you know what I mean? So, but I'll be involved in it. That goes without saying I'll be an executive producer on it. Um, I've got someone who I'm meeting with who will be one of the producers. So he'll, he's, he's kind of my, um, my on on location. I mean, like if he'll be in England for six months where they're shooting it, um, he'll be going to the studios and talking and negotiating. He'll be doing all of that, so I don't have to per se, and, right, right. and, um, and I don't I don't really want to. And don't get me wrong, I I, I want to be part of it. You know what I mean? I think it'll be a lot of fun. I'll definitely be on the sets for a week here and a week there. Maybe I'll be in England while it's being filmed, writing book four. So I don't know, but um, but I won't have I won't have that kind of hands on. I won't be I obviously won't be directing it. I won't be writing it. Um, I wouldn't be um, acting in it, although I think it would be cool for like one bit part 
to have or me you in. You can it. do a cameo. I think that's what do, I was thinking. You know, yeah, something like the I I'm not big on this. My kids like the superhero movies, the older ones, and yeah, you know, I guess the one of the writers. I guess I don't know. I don't watch. Oh, that's the, cool. Yeah, he does like a little cameo, like he's in the audience or he's somewhere where he just pops up. I'll have to get his name. Uh, and what what the series is my kids yeah. you know i listen but i don't always remember but yeah his, that, his face pops up there's the scene you know when they're at oxford getting tickets and there's that grumpy old uh ticket guy and i thought that would be really fun if, if i'm in makeup you know what i mean and i'm like how many or two that's the price you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> and you wouldn't really know it's me but it's like it's that inside people that's like oh my gosh that's the author and stuff right. so something like that would be cool be you know or you'd have that Hitchcock-esque, you know, where it's like I'm in the background watching you know, or something yeah. like, oh, that's him. So I'll have to write yeah. that in your contract, make sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are out of time. So it has been delightful. And friends, you can find more about Chad Stewart and his series at Britfield.com as well as the BritfieldInstitute.org. And uh, we'll have all of this on our show note link. And that is... I wanted to- I want yeah, to say one thing real quick. Sure. I'm sorry. And I forgot to oh, bring no, no. it up, but, but it's kind of exciting. And you're actually the first uh, show to announce it on, but we're, we're now in development, of turning uh, Britfield Lost Crown into a, a three act play with, uh, with, with um, uh, a musical, uh, musical aspects of it. It's not a musical, but um, it should be done by the end of this year. And it's going to be going out. We're going to be piloting it at a couple of uh, middle schools um, in the spring and then getting it out to hopefully hundreds of thousands of schools across the nation and um, that they could actually produce and put on the Britfield play. As a Very play. cool. That was so a brilliant I'm, idea. That yeah, I'm, I'm like yeah. really impressed. Very good. Yeah. Because yeah. that's another thing that people need good content. So I that's think that's it. wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You keep coming up with ideas, Chad. You're not going to have any uh, downtime at all. So <laughs> hopefully this is all still fun for you and you're enjoying it. And it sounds like it's a great, a great thing. So, yeah. well, thanks so much for coming on with me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Be sure to share this episode with a friend and to give us a star rating, go to your favorite podcast app as well as subscribe to this channel, Vintage Homeschool Moms. And friends, again, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that is the new movie, Courageous Legacy. Find out more information at CourageousTheMovie.com. Take care, everybody. God bless, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the VintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.